0: Hey, I'm going to step into our message right now. We're talking about our core values. Everybody say our values. Values. We're talking about core values, deeply ingrained principles, which we're using as guideposts and and boundaries for this new church plant called all people. Everybody say all people. And today we get to talk about one of my favorite and one that we already live out. You You know, there's difference between core values and aspirational values. Core values are who you are already. You're living them out. Aspirational values are values that you one day want to attain. And I think you need both. I think you should have core values and convictions that you live by, but you should also have aspirational values. Today, this, this one we're talking about is not aspirational. We live this out. Say it with me. Generosity is our norm. It's normal here. Normal for us to be Generous. I want to just share with you uh, right here at the top of our message, your generosity has been overwhelming in 2023. You know, last year at this time, we gave you a legacy report, a printed booklet of where all the money went and where all the uh, the fundage went, and with everything going on right now with our construction and our new website coming and printed materials, we asked our design team to focus on that, but I want to give you a report. How much, you you want to hear a good report? Let me just say this. Where's all my tithers that wave your hands right now? Just, you're a tither. This is for you. Where's all my seed sowers? Those that say, man, I give generously. I want to say thank you. Last year, 2023, you gave and collective, we gave over $750,000 away. I like seeing that number, 751. From a group of people who just said, you know what, we're going to come worship God, we're going to come honor God, and we're going to sow, and we're going to be known as a church where generosity is normal. And so I want to to just say a big thank you to you right now, just from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this. Our giving is making a difference right here, right here, right in North Reading. It's making a difference in the surrounding communities, and it goes all the way around the world this morning. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this this amazing group of people that you brought together. Lord, we gather together today to hear from you, to be inspired by your word, to be strengthened by your word. And Lord, I pray that this core principle becomes even more ingrained in us, that this is who we are. This is who you are. Lord, I pray that together we're gonna continue to meet the needs of hurting people. We're gonna resource uh, 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 ministries and networks. Lord, we're gonna continue to plant churches around the world. We're gonna continue to plant churches right here in New England because you've been so good to us. So Lord, today I ask you to give me boldness as I declare your word. Give your people ears to hear and hearts to receive. We become doers of the word, not just hearers only. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Omar. Would you guys make some noise for my new friend, Omar? You know, I I know sometimes when we talk about generosity, your mind goes to one word and that word is, oh, we're on the same page. And sometimes when we talk about uh, uh, money, people get Tight, and we get like, I don't know, I don't want to talk about money in church. And I couldn't think of a better topic to talk about in church than generosity. And by the way, generosity goes way beyond our. Your generosity is more than money. And I hope you hear that today. Today, I'm really not talking about one avenue of generosity, which is giving money. I'm talking about all of the areas in which we have the opportunity to be generous. And you say, Well, how can you be generous in anything? other than money. No, generosity is an expression. Everybody say it's an expression. It's an outward sign of of, of the care that we have for people. It's an outward sign of the care that we have for others. In fact, when we're generous, we're saying to people, I see you. I recognize you. I value you. And on behalf of God the Father, because he loved me, I love you. This week as we deliver these coats and and food and and stuff for all of our new Haitian friends, guess what? We're simply saying, God loves you and we want to be a part of that. And we want you to know that we know what it's like to be where you are. And so we want to help you with some clothing, some blankets, some food, some, some diapers, because you're in need right now. And that's what God the Father would do if he was here. And the truth is, is he's not coming here. That's why he sent you and I here. He placed us here to be his hands and feet, generous on all occasions. Can I get one amen? Amen. Generosity is displayed in so many other ways than just giving money. In fact, some of these ways are more powerful than money, like simple acts of kindness, I'm teaching my son who's nine years old how important it is to hold the door for for people when they come in. He loves to open the door and then run through and you get smacked in the face because you're like, dude, I thought he was going to hold the door for me. And so now I tell Hunter, run ahead, get the door for the ladies. Go ahead, run, run, run. Get the door and I'm teaching him, you not only hold the door, but you stand here and you let them go in first. I, 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 I I don't know where... Where that got lost, um, gentlemen. <laughs> but but if we don't train our boys to do this and to respect women, man, we're missing the opportunity for them just to be generous in small acts of kindness i tell you how many times I've sent Hunter to the door at the hotel or the restaurant or even here. Go get the door, go get the door. And he holds it proudly. And every lady that walks through says, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And he feels so proud. Like, man, they thank me for holding the door. It's the little things that go a long way. It's our acts of kindness. Here's, a, here's another simple way to be generous. We can be generous in our compliments. I don't know if you're on social media, but I'm on social media and, and, and it's crazy. The things that people will say to complete strangers because they're hiding behind a keyboard and behind a computer screen. It's like they love to chew each other up and spit each other out publicly on Facebook to make themselves feel better. I want to tell you, that's not a Christ-like spirit. Me and you are called to encourage each other to be everything you're called to be, to be everything that God's planted in you. And a simple compliment and a reminder is a huge act of generosity. Your words, your words are powerful. We should be generous with our words. How about our time? We should be generous with our time. Most of us are very selfish with our time. And here's a way to tell if you're selfish with your time. Close your eyes so you don't look at your neighbor. <laughs> when somebody asks you to do something, your immediate gut response with your eyes closed is, I'm busy, I didn't got time. Now look at me. Our time is valuable. I realize that. So if it's valuable to us, how much more valuable valuable will it be when we give it away to help somebody else? Right, right. We make this generosity thing all about money, but every day we have the opportunity to be kind to people, to use our words to sow our times. How about these things on the side of our head? These things could be used to be generous to people in simply shutting up and not talking about yourself so much and asking questions and listening for somebody else's story. That's generosity. Ain't nobody got time for that? No, no, we gotta make time for that. Because all of we hear about is you, 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 man, we're missing out on them, 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 which becomes we, 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 we. You and I are called to do this life together. So as grateful as you are to hear my story, we want to hear your story. Sometimes simple gratitude of somebody listening to your story. Another way that we share our generosity is is through serving others. We have hundreds and hundreds of people that come and sow time during the week to come and serve time on the weekend to serve this house and to serve those that come in. I'm forever grateful for our dream teams. Because it means they've made a sacrifice in their time and their schedule to, to, to not just have a title, but to, to serve others. How about, how about sharing? I don't know about you, but I got kids and they, the number one thing we fight about right now is he took my toy. That was my sword. I saw, I saw my son come in. He had a big old mark on his head. You know, it was because he's fighting with his sister and a brother because somebody took his toy and he took that toy and said, that's my toy sucker. Bam, you know, smacked him. You know what? We could be more kind in our sharing of the things that we have. I don't know if you've looked at the book of Acts, but when the the church first started, it said that they brought everything together and they dispersed it to make sure that everybody's needs were met. That's New Testament church. That's how we should be living this. We're sharing for everybody to make sure that nobody goes without. The truth is, I find it easy to be generous, we make it difficult. I find it easy to be generous because I personally have a revelation of God's generosity to me. And so when I realized how good God has been and that he's the source of everything, generosity has just become a normal way of life. I grew up in a home where we were raised, again, with core values and principles, and we were taught at an early age, everything we have, God gave us. All good and perfect gifts come down from the Father of lights, that, that everything that we have is a gift because God loved us so much. And when you have that revelation as a young man, as a young girl, as a, as a young person, guess what? You grow up being generous because it's actually easy. That's right. The world makes it hard because they don't have the revelation that God's been good to them yet. And so because they don't feel like he's been good to them, I would assume they feel like nobody's going to be good to them. But when you have a revelation of God's goodness in your life, it becomes a normal way of life. We say it this way here at all people. We are owners of nothing. We are stewards of everything. And when you have that revelation click in your mind that, that you've just been given something to steward, it changes the way that you handle it. That's right. That's good. If I gave John my car, And and I gave John my car and said, it's your car, and he's now the owner. He can do whatever he wants with that car. He wants to paint it. He wants to lift it. He wants to lower it. He wants to put rims on it. It's John's car. He can do what he wants. But if I say, John, I'm going to lend you my car for a season, man, don't jack it up. (laughs) You better not paint it. You better not lower it. I better not hear, you know, that's my car. It's for you to use in the season. My prayer is that John would return it back to me the way I gave it to him. It was a gift for a season to help him through a season of life. It's the same way God blesses us continually over and over and over with gifts and talents and things and relationships and doors of opportunity that we're to steward, not just for ourselves, We steward them for other people. We steward them for all people. Psalms 116 says it this way. What can I give back to God? For the blessings he has poured out on me. You want a heart of generosity? You want the heart of the Father? Begin to pray this prayer Lord, help me. Help me to give back what I can because you poured it out on me. 1 John 3 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Can you see it? Everybody say, Can you see it? I can see it on you. Can, you. can you see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called His children, and that is what we are? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Our generosity, listen, is a response to God's generosity in our life. Our generosity in 2024, in February of 2024, is a response to a revelation that I've been loved and I've been blessed by God. And now I am required and equipped to love others as He loved me and to bless them as He's blessed me. If I say generosity, it's a response, it's not an action, it's a response. And here's what I know about generosity. When you respond, it does several things. And here's the first thing it does it exposes the posture of your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Generosity exposes the posture of, it, of your heart. See, generosity is more than money, it's more than deeds or action, it's all about the condition of your heart. Yeah. When we're generous, we're telling people that my heart is soft and pliable and tender towards other people. When I hold back and I reserve and I keep the stuff to me, it's telling people that my heart is hard based on how I grew up or what has happened to me in my past. And here's an easy switch. The easiest way to get a new heart is to accept Jesus in your life and to get his heart. The Bible says that he'll take out the stony, the the cold, hard, stony heart and give you a brand new heart of flesh. Maybe sometime I'll do an illustrative sermon. I used to do an illustrative sermon with the kids and I'd bring somebody up on the table and I would say, we're gonna replace her heart today. And I'd put out this table and we'd put this cloth over them and then I'd pull a mallet out and I'd knock her in the head. And I would say, she's a bad person. And I would go through the whole story about how today she's gonna go from being a bad person with a bad heart to a good person with a good heart because she's getting a heart transplant. And I'd pull out my Sawzall or my chainsaw. And those little kids' eyes would get real big, you know, and I'd squirt ketchup in the air. I got their attention now and I'd pull out a rock with ketchup all over it, you know. It's a good illustration because it's the sign of what happens to us when we surrender our life to Christ. We undergo surgery and he removes the selfish part of us out of us, that cold stony heart and he replaces it with the heart of the father which says, I was sent here on mission to be a blessing everywhere I go because I've been blessed. Generosity reveals the, 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 the posture of your heart. Hebrews 13 says it this way. Do not forget to do good. Everybody say do good. Do good. And to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Why is he pleased? Because you're representing him. That's what he did. The Bible says he first loved us. He gave his best. He sent his son. And so when we do this with others and we release what we've been empowered to release, it shows the posture of our heart. Truth is, is being generous is about aligning our priorities with God's priorities aligning our hearts with God's heart. I I wanna break it down for you just very quickly in in 20 seconds. God's heart is all about people. What's that church all about? People. Why do do y'all sow money? Why do y'all give of your hard-earned money? Because it's gonna reach people. Why did Jesus come to the earth? So that all people could come into the revelation knowledge that he is who he said he would be. Everything in the front of the book to the back of the book revolves around God and His. Well, how many of them? How about just the good ones? How about the ones that profess Jesus as their Lord? How about the ones that are still smoking crack? He came and died for all people. And the way that we reach all people is that we see them through the eyes of Christ, which means, guess what? He calls them in James, the precious fruit of the earth. The husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth. And yet some of us, we still see people as bad apples. Well, I'll be generous to those that that I know are living right. No, that's not what he said. In fact, he said just the opposite. Be kind to those that are struggling, those that are hurting, those that are broken, those that are destitute. And through that generosity, that they would know that he is God. Jack Hayford, I'm gonna go here. The second thing that generosity does is it, it reveals the size of our God. It reveals the size of our God. It's easy to say that God is a giver, but if you and I, as his people, are not generous in ourselves, that suggests that we don't really believe that God is either. Well, read that again, this is powerful. Listen to what I'm saying. It's easy to say out of your mouth, yeah, God's a giver, he's a good God. But then if we're not generous, that suggests we don't really believe that God is either. Jack Hayford said it this way. He pastored an amazing church called Church on the Way. He said, learning to be a giver is rooted. Everybody say rooted. It's rooted rooted in clarifying who we perceive as our ultimate source in life, ourselves or God. The root of your generosity is in the clarification of who's the provider. Either God's your provider and he's amazing or you think yourself are amazing and you provide for yourself. See, when you understand that God is the source, he has an an endless supply, that will cause you to live with an open hand. The true test of somebody's generosity is how much they believe and how much God is gonna bless them. That's why when it comes down to the the end of the month and and we only have just a little bit left and God says to give it, we don't give it because we think I need that and I don't have the ability to produce that again until next month's paycheck. But when you have a revelation, when you're rooted in understanding who God is and who he wants to be for you, that he's blessed you with everything that you're gonna need, you'll realize that little that you have left will go longer as a seed and next month, guess what? God will meet you right where you are because you sowed the seed Amen. that he gave you. Amen. I think there's so many people that, that struggle with this because, again, our society's telling us to, to protect what you've earned, man. It's yours. Hold on. Don't be generous. In fact, you should be weary. This is what the world says. Hey, things are gonna get Crazy. Hold on, don't, don't, don't give anything away. You're gonna need it. You don't know what the economy's gonna do. It's an election year. You don't know about those interest rates. I know they're coming down a little bit, but what if they went back up? What's that mean? That, listen, that's all worldly mentality. The Bible says that God shall supply all my needs. Not I'm gonna have to worry about my needs. My God, everybody say my God. My God. And this is the principle you understand. He's your God, not somebody else's God. Don't be worried about what he's doing for them. You don't know what they believe. Well, he didn't do anything for them. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're believing. I can only cover myself. But here's what I know. My God has will and will continue to meet all my needs. In fact, you can read it out of the Message Bible. Paul says it in Philippians 4.19. I love this. He says, you can be sure. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. For his generosity exceeding even yours. In the glory that pours from Jesus, our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out into eternity. Yes. I love this part right here. You could be sure, turn to your neighbor and say, be sure. be sure. Listen, that your God will take care of everything you need. This is the piece right here. His generosity exceeds yours. You think you're generous? You think you're God? Man, you've got the tables twisted. You're God, the one that created you, the one that gave you that job, the one that gave you that house, gave you that 401K that we put so much confidence in. Guess what? All that stuff's going up when we're gone. I don't know if you believe that Jesus is coming soon, but I do, which means I'm not so worried about my 401K. He's met my needs up till this time. If I go into retirement, which I don't think I will, it'll be the same God that walked me when I had nothing as a single man. So why am I storing up riches down here to die just to say, look at what he did. No, 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 God blessed me with that stuff. Let's use it as a tool. Because here's what it does. Our generosity, it tells unbelievers about the character of our God. It's the thing thing that separates our relationship with God versus every other religion's relationship with their God. Because when you ask them, will your God do this? Will your God do that? They will say, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. They don't have a word like we have they don't have a promise sealed in the blood of the son of their god we do which gives me confidence i could give it all away today and guess what tomorrow it'll all show back up because he is my source somebody need to hear that you've got you're so locked in into saving 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 that's the stingy spirit the lord said you give it away and i'll multiply it back again and then some Lastly, the generosity, it changes the outcome of our story. It shows the posture of our heart. It reveals the size of our God, and then it changes the outcome of my story. I shared last week in just being vulnerable with you about how important community is. We talked about community being our design. And, and last week, I shared with you about Pastor Gary Martin, a man that took me in, took me under his wing, and brought me into his community and treated me like family. Gave me a listening ear when I just needed to cuss and discuss a little bit of my life. I needed somebody to talk me down when I was ready to jump off the cliff. Someone to help pick me up when I wanted to sit down. Someone to help me put my hands in my pockets when I was swinging at the wind. Someone that helped me get my mind straight straight when it was going all over the place. His generosity saved my life. In fact, that three years of Pastor Gary changed not only my life, it changed me and my wife's life together as a married couple. And guess what? A year later when we had our baby, it changed his life because his dad wasn't the same man he was three years before that. And today I pastor this church and hopefully helping you to mold your story because if someone helped me mold my story, generosity isn't all about you. It has the ability to change your story, but it also has the ability to change somebody else's story. What's a coat gonna do for somebody that just moved here from Haiti? I don't know what it's gonna do, but it'll keep them warm tonight. And for that one night, they'll know there's some crazy people in North Reading that brought us food and water and blankets for our baby. It seems like, man, our story's gonna make a turn. It's the simplest things that we do with our time, with our words, with our actions that have the ability to change someone's story. In fact, all of us, If you're a Christ follower, you have somebody to thank because they changed your story with generosity. Truth is, is I want to be a part of changing someone's story. I do. I don't want to come together to church and give high fives because you guys are good looking people and we enjoy being together. We can do that on the golf course. We can do that at a coffee shop. But I want to look out here and realize, man, look at all the people's lives that God's changed. And together we've bound arms, we've locked arms because we are in agreement. It isn't about us. It's about other people. And I want to be around people who want to help change people's stories. And the truth is, is we are doing that. Last year we saw hundreds and hundreds of people say yes to Jesus in this building because you said yes to being generous. Your generosity served them changing, served them by changing the story, because you provided means for them to come hear the gospel. Over 200 of those 700 were children you being generous to serve in the kids' ministry, to help on the check-in teams, to to welcome them into this house, to make them feel comfortable, to provide resources for them. Guess what? Every time we gather, there's some little kid's story being changed. You may not see it right now, but in a few years, they're gonna come testify about what God did in their life at a kid's camp or at a kid's service or at a youth camp or on a missions trip because we collectively decided, man, we wanna be a part of helping change somebody's story. Your generosity when you lead a small group seems so simple to give up one night a week or two nights a month of your time and of your talent, but it's changing somebody's story. I shared the story of my friend Ricky right here on the front row who gave his heart to the Lord just a few months ago. I'm gonna keep telling the story because a young man named John said, I'll host a group and I'll invite some friends. John's generosity has played out and it's changing Ricky's life right now. <laughs> It goes beyond the money. It goes beyond the the, the cash and the credit cards. Our kids' lives are being changed because someone's willing to love them right now while they're bouncing off the walls in that classroom. So what makes us different? Let me land the plane here. This is really what I wanted to preach about today. But I needed to give you all that. What makes us different? What is it? What, what is it about Jesus that makes us different? What is it about this house that makes us different? Because generosity is not normal. You realize that, right? What we're talking about? A church of a thousand people giving away $751,000 in one calendar year. I gotta tell you, that's abnormal. So, what is it that, that is making us different. See, society's preaching lack, scarcity, survival. But here's what I want to declare to you today is that you and I have been gifted and graced to live a life of generosity on a daily basis. It's not in our own power, it's it's a gift. Around Christmas time, people use this phrase a lot and, and they'll do something nice and they'll say, well, you know, in the spirit of generosity... I just want to bless them. I want to do something in the, in the spirit of generosity. And when you ask them what spirit it is, they'll say, you know, Christmas spirit. Holiday spirit. And that's why I want to correct them and say, whoa, 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 wait a second. Where do you think that spirit came from? Why do you think we choose to give at Christmas? It's all about Jesus. See, you and I have been given the spirit of generosity. Acts 10, 38. He says, you know the story of what happened to Judea. It began in Galilee after John preached a total life-changing message. Jesus arrived from Nazareth, listen to this, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone. Everybody say everyone. Everyone healing all people who had been beaten down by the devil. And he was able to do all this because God was like Jesus, you and I have been anointed by God to live generously. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same spirit that came down in the shape of a dove, like a dove, I don't even care. (laughs) We all argue about, was it a dove? Did it look like a dove? Did it smell like a dove? Like, who cares? What happened is the Holy Spirit came down on him. He went under the water and he came up empowered. This scripture says, ready for action. He was anointed and here's what I know about him. He told the disciples to wait for the same spirit in the upper room, that you would be empowered to do what? Be a witness. Right here? around town, around the state, and all the way around the world. Jesus was given a purpose and power. But I say, and power. and power. I don't have the power to do it. It'd be so tough to give that stuff away. It'd be so tough to, to give my time away. Listen, you've been empowered Amen. to live generously, that word anointed. It means consecration and empowerment for a specific purpose. We make this about Jesus like, oh, he's something special. We have the same spirit that he had. Hear me say that the same anointing, the same part of the Godhead came down and rest upon him. He not only rests on us, he lives in us now. Everywhere we're going, we have the ability and the power. Jesus wasn't anointed for himself, it was for other people. The scripture says he was ready for action, so he went. Generosity is about taking action on behalf of others. That scripture says he went through the countryside helping other people and healing everyone. What happened in that moment? He was anointed for the mission ahead. So let me ask you, if the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to live a life of purpose that was, dis- that was displayed through generosity, I believe that's our calling too. I believe that our calling is to follow Christ In his example of everywhere we go, we're making a difference because we've been empowered to. True this is we've been empowered to normalize generosity. Acts 20, 35 says, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to receive than it is to give. The anointing makes us ready for action. The anointing that we talk about is more than falling on the floor, jiggling around. The anointing's more than goosebumps that we feel. It's more than laying hands on people. You've been anointed to be like Christ on your job every day generous with your words, generous with your actions, generous with your ears, generous with your hands to serve. And as people see, they're going to say, why are you doing this? And yet so many of them say, "I, I I don't know what I would say to somebody if they asked me about Jesus. They just asked you, why are you doing this? It's so easy to become a preacher in that moment with the simplest words, I'm, I'm just doing it because somebody did it for me. Yes. Then their ears are pretty. Who, who did it for you? I'm glad you asked. His name's Jesus. He's God's son. Yeah. Came 2,000 years ago and he gave his life for me. I've been the recipient of his generosity. So in the spirit of being like him, I want to be generous to you. I wanna help you, I'm for you, I'm with you. Those simple words go longer and carry more weight than most. All of our core values, all people start with a phrase that say, we live like. This one would say, we live like generosity is our norm. In closing, let me ask you, is generosity your norm? When you think about your time, are you generous with your time? you think about your talents and your abilities and your skill sets, are they focused on one job from nine to five or do they carry over into other areas of your life? Your talent wasn't given to you just to make money. Your treasure, your seed, your money, your paycheck, your resources, your tool, are you generously, are you normal in your generosity? Let me ask you this, which area do we need to work on? Because every one of us needs to be working on this. This is growth in our lives to where all areas of our, areas of our life, we normalize generosity. Today, I want to tell you that you've been anointed. Whether you feel the anointing or not, God's spirit is not only on you, it's in you. It's empowered you for a purpose to make a difference everywhere you go. Let me ask you this, in what area do you need to tap into that anointing? In your words, in your serving, in your kindness, in your wisdom, or with your resources? I'm making a decision that I'm going to continue to live this core value out. Everywhere I go and I'll close it with this because I know the scripture says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. How are they gonna see his goodness? For me and you, Roel. How are they going to experience the love of Christ? For me and you, Ricky. How will they experience the love of God? Through our hugs, through our words, through our actions. And here's what I know. When they feel the goodness of God, the Bible declares their heart is wide open for the gospel. And that's the whole point. Is that we aren't generous just to say we're generous. We're generous to open the heart to receive God's love so they would spend eternity with us in heaven. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I thank you for your love to me and my family. I pray that if there's anybody in this house that doesn't know you, that doesn't feel your generosity, that right now in this moment, you would tug on their heart, you would knock on the door of their heart and ask if they would let you in. You're here today and you don't know Jesus you don't know generosity if you've never accepted Christ into your life you've just received human's love for the love of God the Father outweighs a human's love in any capacity and for many hurting people today you'd say I don't know about if anybody's been generous to me I don't know if anybody loves me I don't even love myself I want to tell you Jesus loves you he died on the cross and paid for your sins so you could live an abundant life right here in joy and peace and in harmony with others If you're here in this building, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. I want to introduce you to him right now. All across this room and in every venue, if you need prayer, just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Just wave it at me. I got you right down front, buddy. Yes, sir. Anybody else want to join this young man? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need the love of Christ in my life. I see you right over here. Yes, sir. Say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I got you, buddy. Yes, sir all across this room with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just say this out of your heart. And if you raise this hand, the Bible says, you declare this right now out of your heart and in a moment, you're gonna be saved. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for your Son. I thank you for your generosity by sending Him to die for my sins, pay the price for my sins. Lord, today, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, that he was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit, and that today, he's seated with you, praying for me. Today, I repent, I turn from my ways, and I turn to your ways. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Would you make some noise for all those that prayed that prayer today?